Welcome in to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. It's me, your friend Tyler, back at it again with the draft takes. Now that the NFL draft has happened, it is over, thank God. It is time to start talking about it. It is time to react. Today we're going to be talking about the biggest surprises of the NFL draft, and you guessed it, I will not be doing this alone. I brought... One of the real homies with me, my man, our friend, Herms, at Herms NFL. What is up, my dude? Thanks for joining us. Oh, my gosh. I, pff, dude, man, what a three-day whirlwind. I mean, honestly, just like so many surprising things. I'm glad that this is the theme that we're going with. Yeah, man. It's going to be a good one. Lots of surprises, lots to talk about, a lot of shuffling around the draft boards. We'll get into that. But first, I got to roll that intro. Is the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I like I'm I'm in for death taxes and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skyler. N- no player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really. I had not. I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. First one that comes to mind here, surprises, was the Will Levis drop out of the first. I mean, this dude was getting absolutely steamed up into the top three. I think there for a couple couple days leading up to the draft, he was like the odds favorite as the number two. Lots of conversation about Levis making it up. One of the biggest shocks, not only for him to fall out of the top five, but also out of the first round entirely. Herms, your reaction. I mean, it's cool that he didn't have to wait too long because I th- what was it the thirty third overall Something pick? Something like that. Yep. Yeah. So like, good for him for not having to you know just wait until like the mid to late round or even into the third or something. But like, I gotta be honest, I was not particularly enthusiastic about Levis as a prospect, but I still thought you know he's got the size, he's got the arm strength, he'll probably be a first round pick. But at this point, I I don't know. The tides have kind of turned. Yep. I actually kind of want him to be good now because I'm like, oh, come on. Somebody had to take him. Like, God. Oh. Yeah, man. He was like one of those ones where it was weird because pretty much everyone in the draft community is out. I think there's like, I can count on like one hand the amount of people who are like, yes, Will Levis, right? Um, but then it sounded like the NFL was in on him, which isn't uncommon to have this, our little draft hive on Twitter disagree with the powers that be, but it's, it looks like they agreed this time. I will say though, um, pre-combine, um, I mean, pre-draft, um, we had Levis, our ADP around 108, 109. That's consistently dropping a little bit because he got that second round draft of capital. Um, not a good track record for second round QBs. Um, how are you kind of like reacting to Levis? How are you adjusting Levis in those rookie ranks? I'm assuming he, he's out of that like 108, 109 range for you. But what, what's that time when you're like, I'll pull the trigger, give this guy a shot because you want to root for him? I mean, once you get like to the middle-ish part of the second round of your super flex drafts or something, like you might as well. And to your point, the track record of the second round is not great for quarterbacks, but it's not impossible. And the 33rd pick... <laughs> Barely. Most years would be the second overall pick in that round. So that's fun. And then think about the fact like beating out oldie moldy Ryan Tannehill, not at the beginning of the year necessarily, but even by midseason or the later part of the 2023 season is not impossible. It is genuinely very achievable for Levis to see the field soon enough. And look, even if you don't like him that much, once he becomes a starting quarterback, you can flip him for more than you're going to spend on him anyway. So, like, you just you got to think a little bit long-term with that one. I'm definitely mm-hmm. in if he falls that far. Yeah. I think the big thing is is 
Derrick Henry, I don't know about you, but I'm counting on uh, the King for another year here. So why not just hand the ball off 300 sometimes to Derrick Henry and kind of ease yourself into the game? Not too tough. I mean, that seems to be the Titans' game plan here is just get the damn ball to Derrick Henry. I would be doing the same thing. So not the worst situation because they're not going to expect a lot out of you. At this point in time, you just got to be better than Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis uh, (laughs) for the future of the Titans, of course. Low bar. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, anyways, the other one that, you know, while we're here in the first round, talking about the first round, I mean, Jesus Christ, Jameer Gibbs, man. 12th overall. The Lions pulled that trigger, man. I think people were expecting him towards the end of the first, around that 20th range. Felt right. You know, he, he's a little undersized, but we know he's electric. We know he can handle the ball well. We know he can catch the ball well, which we absolutely love to see. But no, he goes 12 overall to a team that already had Swift. They just traded him. And they already had Montgomery on an $18 million contract. I mean, they were fine. I mean, I think Montgomery and Swift were probably one of the best, like, you know, a top 10 duo of running backs in the NFL. And they go ahead and add Gibbs. I mean, what a shocker here, man. So when you saw Gibbs come off the board at 12, your reaction, what's happening here? I was really confused until they traded DeAndre Swift. And then I got excited. So it was- got to be, got to be. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely a mixed bag uh, for sure. But I think, like, once they took him... I kind of figured that said something about DeAndre Swift anyway. Like, even if it hadn't have been, you know, trading him immediately, something probably would have facilitated somewhere down the line anyhow. But I think about the fact that, you know, the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, deserves a lot of credit, man. Like, what they have been able to build there is fascinating. And I think that with a player like Jameer Gibbs, and you know, so I did all of the running back profiles that we did over on DraftSharks.com. Ha ha! Free content plug. And of all the guys that I reviewed, this dude was the best pass catcher of any of them. And like with a very very diverse route tree. And dude, it could be so much fun. And like that high powered of an offense, especially you know with a player we'll probably get into talking about later that they also drafted at the tight end position and all those receivers that they got. Like man, I'm in. I'm yeah, totally I'm here for this. I am too, man. It's, I think the draft capital alone just says that the Lions are in. And if a you know a team speaks with their draft capital, they're in on this guy. They have they pretty much it's like Amon Ross St. Brown, you know Jameson Williams question mark suspension. After that, it's just some role players. I mean, a hundred targets is not out of the question for Jameer Gibbs. So I, I see people slotting him in. Um, you know, I had him probably around like the mid-teens, like 15, 16 as a dynasty running back. Obviously, I've had to adjust with the draft capital, moving him into the top 10, just because what the Lions have told us they plan on doing with this guy. Um, with that said, though, he was at the 106 before the draft. But I think what the real question is, is before it was, I was a JSN over Gibbs guy. No questions asked. That's the way we're rocking. But now I think you, you at least got to consider Gibbs, especially if you need a running back over JSN. I mean, the landing spot's not bad for JSN, but he still has to contend with Lockett, still has to contend with DK Metcalf. Your thoughts on kind of moving Gibbs ahead of um, JSN or maybe even taking him over one of these top three quarterbacks? It's difficult. It's really difficult for me. I think, well, at, at least in one QB leagues, I feel like people can pretty safely assume that, like, if you don't get Bijan at 101, you're not going wrong either way with Smith and Jigba or Jameer Gibbs. But like in the superflex of it all, it definitely gets complicated because I think that would really come down to how much you believe in CJ Stroud on the Texans. Like, no offense to him at all. It's just that that's such a weird situation 
from 2023 probably into 2024 it's going to be a while till they build that up there so we also don't know how much stroud brings to the table with his rushing and blah 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 mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. all of that to say are you more interested in taking somebody who's like profiles more of like a dak prescott or a running back that's going to get you like 100 targets in an offense with that much firepower. I think that conversation needs to be had, and I don't think I'd blame people for taking Gibbs at like 105 or so. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Absolutely. A little bit of a riser here with that big draft capital. Let's, let's stick on the running backs here and talk about a couple guys that uh, I know you and I were fans of separately uh, that were very sad to see slip. I'll let you do the first one here. Zach Evans, man, round yeah. six. One of your dudes. I mean, I mean, I was higher than the NFL was on him. I wasn't quite as high as you, Herms, but I mean, I, I think I still had him as like a top six, top seven running back. The NFL said he is indeed not that. Um, round six, man. Uh, and just for a little bit of reference here, taking a look at our ADP, we were typically seeing Evans around the middle of the second. That's not the case anymore, man. Just some quick thoughts on, on Evans. I mean, I know you think he's good. I don't think he's bad. I think he's solid. Give it to me. I know that he is better than a guy I liked last year, uh, Kyron Williams. And <laughs> I, I did too. I was guilty of that. I was guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I know that Cam Akers is kind of a difficult. Uh, it's, it's difficult for me to pin exactly where I feel about him. But regardless, the opportunity is there to at least be the RB2. Who knows how good the Rams offense is going to be, but the only thing you can pray for when it comes to like a a day three running back that goes that late or like a UDFA guy is that he finds himself on a depth chart with nothing. And he found himself on a depth chart with nothing. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, the opportunity. I mean, that's the thing about running backs. I think we learned that last year, Herms, was – uh, you know, draft capital matters. It always will. But with mm-hmm. the running back position, sometimes opportunity is king. You look at Algier. Uh, you look at Pacheco. These are two guys that went deep into day three that found themselves in a good opportunity that offered a skill set um, that wasn't present, and they they found the field. So it, it's not out of the question. Um, right now, roughly, uh, Zach Evans, probably a little rich take him in the mid-second now, but where are you targeting I see him fall toward the end of the third in the rookie drafts that I've been doing, and I think I would maybe consider doing that around like 308, 309, just to like leapfrog people a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I feel like once he slides a little bit, there's that one other, per- exactly, one other person in your league that's just like, oh, ooh, nice try. You know, they'll, they'll try and be sneaky with him. You got to be faster. The next guy I was a bigger fan of, also a little bit of a disappointment, was uh, Israel Abakanda. Uh, Izzy, uh, big fan of this guy. Um, you know, he was in my top five. You know, the, the combine or lack thereof certainly didn't help his case. But he was faster than I thought he was. Bigger than he fast. Uh, sorry, bigger than I thought he was. Faster than I thought he was. You know, great production. I thought the NFL would like that. Slips to the fifth round. We don't love that. I mean, it's uh, before I give my thoughts here on Izzy. Where are you at with him? I still feel weirdly pretty good about it just because it's a good scheme fit. I know that the Jets are going to do a lot of that outside zone run stuff. And we also have to remember that Brees Hall may not open the season completely healthy. And what Izzy's really going to be doing here is auditioning for the RB2 role. The Zonovan Knight role we saw last year. Exactly. You know, like we've seen Zonovan Knight be pretty good at it. We've seen Michael Carter do different things in flashes at different times. But like if a Banacanda can just come in and just wow, he he can help himself and he can still provide value to your team if he seizes that role. 
Yep, I, I'm in the same range, uh, like that middle of the third range, same with Evans. Like It's a sweet spot for some of these running backs that dropped. Uh, probably the last one that I want to bring up is, is unfortunate. It makes me sad. Sean Tucker, I mean, at one point in time, no lie, he was my RB3 in this class for a little bit there. He, he was behind Gibbs and, and Bijan. Obviously, like there, there's some medical concerns that we weren't aware of, that I wasn't aware of when I gave him that RB3 rank. You know, the lack of the, the combines certainly hurt him. It really was the medicals. He, he went undrafted. I mean, this is a guy that I thought was a bit of a stud. I mean, kind of like, I wouldn't say he's a complete comp to like a Miles Sanders, but like that type of career was easily something I saw coming towards him. I mean, undrafted for, for Sean Tucker, man. It, it, it's quite the bummer here. Your thoughts here? If it helps, I believe that the compensation was equivalent to that of like a fifth round pick or something like that. This, okay. So maybe that helps if yep. that if the financials make listeners and viewers feel. Better. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So think about it in that context, and then pretty much the copy and paste the Zach Evans thing over here. I mean, are we really terrified about Chase Edmonds? Are we really terrified about Keyshawn Vaughn? The opportunities there for Tucker on the Buccaneers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same range. I mean, I think taking an undrafted player in the third round seems a little bit crazy, um, but I'm, I don't think it is. I think taking taking him towards the end of the third round, Sean Tucker being a guy who I had a lot of faith in that obviously the medicals are, are not great, but if he's healthy, he's good. Any other – we've talked about RBs, we've talked about quarterbacks. Before we shift over to the wide receivers, any running back surprises, quarterback surprises you want to get after? I do just want to shout out Roshan Johnson for getting that draft capital that he did because I think a lot of people forget he converted to running back during his freshman year at Texas. He's still relatively new to playing the position. And, you know, early day three capital for a dude that hasn't been playing that long, I feel like is a really good vote of confidence from that Bears front office. So I would be pretty excited about what he could do in that backfield because behind Khalil Herbert, you know, no offense to Deontay Foreman, but, you know. Love to see him back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And Fields. I mean, it's it's going to be it's gonna be not great, but, I mean, there's there, if he carves out a role where he's seen 50% of the rushing ops, he's flexible. So, I'm with you. It's good to see. Mm-hmm. Going to wide receiver. I think one of the biggest surprises for me was Jaden Reed. Pick 50. I think he was the sixth wide receiver off the board. Uh, Michigan State. Uh, I was I was pretty high on him going into this year. Obviously, didn't have a great year at Michigan State. But he had a really early breakout at Michigan State. He's shown a, a lot of positives in metrics. I like him. You know, I didn't expect him to go. This this is a bigger shock to me as I thought he was locked in day three. Um, didn't have the best of combines, but pick fifty to a team that frankly needs some help at wide receiver uh, with the Packers. I mean, it's pretty much they have Christian Watson, who you know I'm not completely sold on as, as an alpha whatsoever. I mean, he's a good contributor, but th- there's room here for a wide receiver to to have some significant play on the Packers. So Jaden Reed gets quite the bump in the ranks for me. Your thoughts? I'm absolutely here for this, man. I believe uh, me and my Draft Sharks co-worker, Matt Schauf, had uh, Jaden Reed in our top 10 pre-draft, if I remember. Like, whenever I went through and watched him and studied up, it just, the whole, he screamed Deontay Johnson in my brain. He's good. He's good. Exactly. Like, I'm I'm not going to overthink it. Like, when you go and look at, you know, some of, like, the really important, you know, kind of sticky metrics that you want to see behind the scenes for college receivers, he ranks super high in pretty much all of them. Not at the top of those lists, but high enough to the point where you got to believe this kid could be an NFL slot receiver. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, it's just great to see. I mean, he was going around the, the beginning of the fourth. I recently took him at the 210. 
Um, felt really good about that as well. Um, That's you, awesome. Yeah, I was happy about the end of the second to get a guy who I think could immediately start in the slot. All right, I mean, honestly, anywhere for the Packers. Another one, day two pick. Tank Dell, pick 69. There's a little bit of a narrative behind this. Uh, apparently, uh, Stroud and Tank Dell got pretty close at the Combine. Yeah. He told the Texans to draft Tank Dell. Don't know how true it is or not, but in fact, Tank Dell went pretty early. Day two, pick 69. Nice. Nice. I mean, a little undersized. Didn't run the 40 you'd love to see, but the draft capital is there. Your thoughts on Tank? I don't really have a lot of thoughts, but I just want to say congratulations to the Mighty Mouse. Anytime we get those Mighty Mouse NFL players, I am always here to root for you. We stand a short king. He was a fifth-round pick going into it. I think he's a pretty lock, locked and loaded. Third-round pick, middle third, end of third. I just got him in the beginning of the fourth. It's, it's possible. Um, it, the size is not you know not doing well, but there's room there. There's room to grow, not oh gosh, physically, yeah. like actually tank Dell growing, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying here. It could grow. I don't know. But, you know, there's yeah, room in that offense for a wide receiver to emerge. Yeah, there's not a lot of competition there. I mean, like, hopefully John Mechie comes back and does some stuff. Shout out. You know, got to see him doing some activity recently. But you're right. Like, the world is their oysters. Every young receiver there in Houston has a chance to show them what they got. Jalen Hyatt, um, he slipped a bit. There, there was conversation about, you know, Blitnikoff winner. was it 15 TDs. A lot of excitement around this guy. I actually tore it up this last year. But he slipped to day two. There, there was a lot of buzz about this guy finding himself in the first round uh, just weeks ago. But goes to pick 73, slips to day two. Um, I would probably agree with where he went. I'm fine with that. Um, when you saw Jalen Hyatt go, your reaction? I, I was a little disappointed for a lot of the same reasons that, and, you know, even if he fell out of the first, I thought at least he'd get picked in the second round. You know what I mean? It's it's the third that kind of bothered me a little bit. But at the end of the day, he is a bit of a one-trick pony, but he does that one trick very well. He can run downfield and catch bombs. And for what the Giants spent their offseason doing, you know, bringing in Darren Waller, bringing in a plethora of veteran slot receivers. I mean, like they had that role not really figured out. So at least as far as how he fits in schematically, I can't really be mad at it. So I'm, I'm here for it. One of the things that honestly surprised me, not that I'm a huge fan of this guy was, was Bryce Ford Wheaton, man going undrafted. I mean, six, three, two twenty four. Um, crazy athletic. I mean, his RAS score was like 11th all time. I mean, we're talking 438 at 224 pounds. Like his 20 yard split, his 10 yard split, like his verticals 41, broad over 10 feet. It was just like he seemed to check every athletic box we wanted to see out of a wide receiver. And traditionally, NFL teams like big, strong, fast, athletic wide receivers. Was the production ever there? Not really. I mean, 600 yards, seven TDs his senior year. But, I mean, to go undrafted, that was a bit of a shock for me. It was for me, too. That's why I picked him up on my one campus to Canton team. I have him on one. Like the <laughs> I, do one. I do, too. I do, too. I'm so mad. I mean, it's cool. Fine. I'll tuck him away in the taxi squad. It's whatever. But, like you said, he was just such a good athlete. Come on, NFL. Come on. I know. A lot, a lot of promise there. I mean, he was going in the fifth round. He's still probably like a fifth rounder, if not going to. I, I mean, I just got him off waivers. Um, undrafted guy. It's fair. He doesn't have the talent of Sean Tucker. Any other wide receivers surprises for you, Herms? Oh, gosh, I 
not any one that I can point out specifically, but like, man, just like, what a weird class, man. What a weird class. Yeah. Talking about, that's a great segue to the tight end position because yes. <laughs> incredible segue to the tight end position because I mean, shoot, we saw, we saw a tight, we saw, we'll, we'll talk about Kincaid, but we saw five tight ends go in the second round. Darnell Washington, not one of them who was like talked about in the first round. Shout out to the Steelers here getting their, their six linemen. We love to see it. But anyways, Let's talk about, I mean, not a huge surprise, but I think it's worth talking about was Kincaid, the only first rounder. Um, you know, he was a mid-second rounder, but now I'm seeing him in the beginning of the first in some tight end premium leagues. I think it's warranted. Your thoughts on Kincaid, man? I mean, GM Brandon Bean has already come out and said, I believe it was like the day after they picked him in the first, that, you know, he's the type of guy that you can flex out, you know, not to play the traditional wide tight end stuff and just... Maybe he's the slot receiver. A lot of people wanted them to like go after somebody. They've been like looking they for it. Done. They've exactly. been looking for it for for. They have gone through through Gabe Davis, Jamison Crowder, like Khalil Shakir. I mean, I, I'm not out on him yet, but still, I, I wanted to see more his first year. But like, there is Stephon Diggs, and room, room for <laughs> anybody to grow. Not physically like Tank Dell, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, the opportunity is just immense. And the fact that we now get him tied to Josh Allen for at least the next four or five years, if they pick up that option, everything goes well. I'm sold. I loved yeah. him before the draft, but I am even more excited yeah. now. I, I was I was a Michael Mayer over Kincaid, and uh, I have uh, you know I, I relent. I have moved Kincaid over Mayer, just only just, but I have to respect the first round draft capital, and I just got to respect the fact that he's has Josh Allen throwing him. The football. Uh, a little bit of a shocker here at the beginning of the second round. I mean, the draft capital is still great. We see Laporta go, and then one spot later we go Meyer. I mean, I mean, he's a mayor. So, like, Mayer's not too much of a, I guess, not too much of a shock. He's in a good spot. But I do want to kind of talk about Laporta. You hinted at it earlier, man. I'll hand it over to you. He is somebody that, you know, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to be impressed enough by, you know, the production profile. And by they, I mean the NFL, mm -hmm. you know, but like, it's pretty evident to see, you know, when you go through and like watch, you know, certain games of him and stuff like he was the Iowa offense last year, mm -hmm. <laughs> like it not really coming from the most ideal circumstances in the world, but like, you know what, like he's got hands and I don't really care if he's not like one of the better, you know, pass blockers or whatever or run blockers like doing the traditional tight end stuff because what he does with his hands when he's just out there running around doing the zoomy stuff that's what we want to see and i think that's what ben johnson really wanted to see it's just another piece of firepower in this lion's offense dude anybody that's going to the lion's offense like i am all on this team for 2023 moving forward by your detroit lions now we love it we absolutely love to hear it any other tight ends you want to touch on here, man? I mean, a lot of surprises. I mean, we saw, like, was Schoonmaker work his way into the second? Uh, Tucker Kraft, um, Luke Musgrave. These are all pretty solid names. All tested extremely well. Darnell falls into the third, but I think you were pretty happy about that one. I did enjoy the Darnell Washington. You know, I think, you know... It Plus, a lot of teams are running 12 personnel these days. There's nothing really stopping the Steelers from continuing to send out Fryermuth to do the receiving duties. And everybody knows Darnell Washington, probably the best run blocker of any tight end in this class. But for me, it was the fact that the Packers just had to pick Musgrave and Tucker Craft. I liked both of them a yeah. lot. And they're just like, you know what? Let's just ruin the lives of every fantasy football manager and just <laughs> sandwich them together. Like, dear God, like Musgrave, if his like if he's healthy, 
I really think like at his what is he like six six like almost two hundred sixty pounds. He's great, man. Vertical threat, like Gronk type build to his body, but like no, oh no, of course Tucker Craft ruining everything, ruining. Oh, They're great. Yeah. He's good too, man. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how they roll. <laughs> I mean, they, they grabbed a lot of pass catchers. It was pretty um, ironic here. With as soon as as soon as Aaron Rodgers leaves, they decide that they need to <laughs> bring in a bunch of talented pass catchers. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Anyways, um, any other uh, any position, any draft surprises you want to get us get out here before we head out? Keeping it on brand as usual. Like, thank you NFL for letting Joey Porter slide out of the first round. That is super cool. Really glad that we were able to get that Pittsburgh reunion, bring the chosen son back into town. I got to tell you what, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the best draft of any team. Don't at me. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. So. Before we get out here, wanted to quickly plug the Discord. JWB's got a Discord link will be below. We're running mocks out of there, rookie mocks. We're running dynasty mocks out of there. Great place to be talking football. Come join the Discord. And if you're listening to this on YouTube and not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, Apple, wherever it is, do us a favor, open up your YouTube app, search JWB, subscribe. We're trying to work our way up to a thousand. We're already at eight hundred and some. Subscription would be appreciated. Herms, real quick, before we get out here, plug the work, plug the Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at HermsNFL. You can find all of my work over at DraftSharks.com. And seriously, if you are like new to this YouTube channel, if you've never heard of JWB before, more importantly, subscribe to these guys. Follow what they do. It's not about me. It's about them. This content is fire. It is fantastic. JWB, baby, let's go. Thank you, Herms. You can find me on Twitter at FFTylerO. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget. Tell somebody you love them. Later.